Welcome to Horrible Friends. This week, we have Get Ready for the Rube Goldberg of Horror Films. It's Final Destination from 2000. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this podcast works is we're kind of like a book club, but not really. Uh, But at the same time, we do talk about history we talk about the plot we talk a little bit about cinematography special effects uh, sometimes and uh, sometimes sound if it's worth it and then we kind of go into our own little spoopy meter uh like i said it's it's final destination the first one the 2000s uh let's roll this one up uh dan what kind of history we got on this thing final destination came out in the year 2000 director of this is james wong and James Wong is best known for doing movies such as Final Destination 3, The One, and the ever-famous, uh, Chris's favorite movie, Dragon Ball Evolution. Classic. Oh, oh God, that crock of shit. <laughs> I mean, it was Dragon Ball. What do you expect? Goku uh, was always supposed mm. to be white. He, we were all thinking it. He just <laughs> did it. Jesus, no, it's so early in the episode. <laughs> well, I mean, Travis with a name got like, his shears out already. <laughs> with a name like Goku, yeah, I mean, he had to be white. <laughs> all right, well, the story is by Jeffrey Reddick, and Jeffrey Reddick is known for doing, uh, don't look back, he has a couple things, but he's mostly known for doing the Final Destination series. Actually, a tidbit for that, Dan. Uh, Jeffrey Reddick wrote like, the original screenplay, but um, the final one they actually used was um, written by Wong and uh, Glenn Morgan. Like they Ew. took Jeff. It was basically like, "Oh, Jeffrey, you wrote this? I did. Okay, scroll, 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 scroll. All right, now we have a movie." But and we put the original on the fridge, so yeah, no right one has on to fridge. be mad. Uh, and I think because Jeffrey Reddick originally wrote it as like uh, supposed to be like an episode for the X Files, from what I read. Interesting. Okay. Like, like the whole idea of my final destination was supposed to be something like X. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't originally intended to be six movies. <laughs> no, actually, it's also five movies, I believe. And no, I I think it is six. I think there's Final Destination up to five, and then the sixth one is called The Final Destination. Mm. I believe. I could be wrong on that. Chris they might be do right. like a Fast and Furious and add a little tagline to some of these, like the fate the of the destination. <laughs> yeah, correct. I will say, I think the the last Final Destination, the most recent one, actually gets pretty good reviews. It is five movies. It's five. Okay, sorry. The the Final Destination was the fourth one that was supposed to be the last one. Then it was like, <laughs> all right, here's the fifth one. But, but well, wait, there's this money? one made money. But what if there's another Final Destination? <laughs> Le Destination Finale. Oh, nice. En français going okay. around to the okay. beginning. The I, I, that was not French, but that is funny that I said that <laughs> I mean, accidentally because the beginning of this movie, but. All uh, those languages are basically the same. All right, let's move okay. on. Budget. <laughs> Lost all of Europe. Is $23 million for the Fuck movie. Fuck them. They and don't need to listen. Ouch. $23 million. $23 million. And our box office was $112.9 million. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I, I mean, mean what else could you take your girlfriend to? I think it's a final destination. Uh, you know, the creators of this movie is uh, The Bank. 
to get yeah. all that money. <laughs> you know, I, I love the question of what else would you take your uh, girlfriend to? Because I have other movies that came out in the year 2000. And we have horror movies such as American Psycho, Hollow Man, and Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet the Wolfman. <laughs> All great movies, not one better than the other. I I I, I agree. I've, yeah. <laughs> my mom. Wait, I remember like my mom and dad going on a date night to see Hollow Man. I didn't see Alvin and the Chipmunks, but and what I was the other one? I swear to God, I thought you were gonna say <laughs> my mom and dad went on a date to see Alvin and the Chipmunks and left you at home. <laughs> Yeah, she the, took me to see Hollow Man. The <laughs> yeah, last, which is why I'm real fucked I mean, up. As, as we know, Steve Fox, so he would definitely go to see like Big Steve Fox. <laughs> Yo, Steve Fox. I mean, Hollow Man, uh, Kevin Bacon hangs full dong. Does Alvin <laughs> or Simon hang full dong? You I know, thought the, you, you know were going to ask, does Steve does, hang full dong? Because we Steve. know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Does your dad know that he has a fan cast and it's us? <laughs> I, I've made mention. I don't think he understands just how big in the horror circle his name we, is becoming. He may not understand how big, but we understand how big. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the runtime for this is 98 minutes. It's a very short movie. Nice and concise. Uh, the filming location of this... Uh, well, a cu- couple different cities. We have Victoria, Squamish, and Vancouver of British Columbia. Those Canada. sound like Canadian places. They are Canadian places. I'm glad everyone fucking does. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our taglines. Let's get let's get into it. First one. Most people have dreams. For Alex, this is real. Uh, yeah, no. Better How many than, are there? Better than most we've had before. How many uh, are there? Uh, these? You, you know, I'll, I'll let you count as we go. So our next one, we have face your deepest fears before they face you. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's worse. It's very that one's wordy. Worse. It got worse. It got worse. It, it started yeah. fine, and then it just kept going. I'm like, no, you can stop. 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 Okay. All right, th- this one's two. okay. This one's okay. Death is the final destination. Boarding starts now. Better. It's clever, yeah, but not good. Yeah, yeah it's, it doesn't it's roll off the better. tongue. It's getting no. better. All right, how about a film that decapitates Scream 3? Because Scream 3 came out this year. So that's Boo. Bad. bad. Even what? though Scream 3 wasn't great, bad. Scream 3 was terrible. <laughs> so it did decapitate it. All right, how about this one? Intervention comes at a price. I've seen that show. Intervention does come at a price. <laughs> this wasn't intervention. This was ESPN yeah. or something. <laughs> I get that. How about no accidents, no coincidences, no escapes. You can't cheat death. No accidents, no coincidences, no more words. No more film. No more anything. <laughs> Two taglines <laughs> spliced together. Unnecessarily. No I'll dessert. The, the no snacks. The tagline that would have uh, got me would just be, hey, Tony Todd's in this for two minutes. I, there yep, are peanuts, but no more chicken meals. Only fish. 
I can see if we have any pretzels left over. We stop What's that? beverages as we begin to land, sir. <laughs> no more toilets. <laughs> Dan, that's like five. How many are there? Death doesn't take no for an answer. And clearly, neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, can you cheat death? Oh, is that one? That's huh? the whole yeah. thing, huh? Uh, yeah. That's another one. That one's fine. I, I don't mind that one. Okay, well, good, because death is coming. Okay, uh, that's Phrasing. a classic tagline. Just a couple a couple words. Yeah, but it's ambiguous. white noise. That could be anything. That could be any horror movie ever. Yeah, I agree. And and to that I say, I'll see you soon. Oh. Okay, that's worse. That's <laughs> who, just, who says that? That's just what I say to people I know. I'll see you soon. <laughs> 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 what? what if people were like wait are you giving me the tagline <laughs> what if you just like only communicated with people in these movie taglines so you know what I'll see you soon who's coming to the party death is coming I'll see you soon for Alex this is real okay <laughs> Good thing only your friends are named Alex. Hey, can you cheat death? Hey, can you cheat death? Alex is coming. Alex is coming. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next stop, it's you. Are we on a subway? (laughs) (laughs) Next stop. You mind the closing doors. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Damn love God just wrap this up. Are you ready to match wits with the Grim Reaper? Yeah, that's no. Well, now you came what? out of nowhere with like a regular tagline. <laughs> By the, the way, second... that's like thirteen. Yes, that's um, the second verse to Devil Went Down to Georgia's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm done with the taglines. Um, That's 14? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... That wasn't 14. I left some out. I, there were 14? Yeah. I left some of them out. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, our, our death clock this week comes in at 19 minutes. That is when our first death happens, and that is when the plane... Um, it, it just farts. It farts. It just <laughs> it becomes it sentient. Embarrassment. It does embarrassment. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Uh. I mean, I think that's the technical term for a plane exploding. So what happened here? The the plane. <laughs> it's in the report. The plane. It's in the report, boss. I'm going out for a smoothie. Is that Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch? He's just like, it's in the fucking report, boss. It was in Laguardia. It's <laughs> the Guardia. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm done. Go go ahead, Mike. Take us to our final destination. Okay, so final destination, year two thousand. It's one of those classic like movies of the era. That's like Dan was saying before. It's a date movie, and that's why it made so much money because this is like the teenage. Let's go to the movies and see a movie. 
So the movie opens up with a kid, Alex. He's getting ready for his senior trip, which is 10 days in Paris. He tells his mom to leave a flight tag on his bag because it's bad luck to take it off. And she just rips it right off. Stop here. Mom's his home. mom killed all of those fucking people. Yep. Every one of them. It's all her fault. <laughs> I would have said that as soon as I got back. Like, mom, uh, thanks, experience, mom. But also, it's your fucking fault. I told you. It's a thousand percent mom's fault. I mean, to, like, going to France looks really terrifying after that 40 minute credit scene that makes traveling to France look terrifying because that's the whole credit scene. But no, it's mom's mm-hmm. fault. Yep, this whole movie is based around one woman's actions. Yeah, but I mean, you don't see her much throughout the movie, so maybe she is murdering all these people. Are you saying Alex's mom is the green, gr- the Grim Reaper? She's the yep. Green Reaper. Is she the, <laughs> the Green Giant. Yeah, but did, did anybody else notice the dad? Like, uh, dad is like, <laughs> dad walks in like, uh, son. Make sure you have a lot of fun. And by fun, I mean, <laughs> fuck bitches, son. Everyone else, like, kind of picture Eugene Levy from, like, American Pie. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just tell your mom we ate it all. Well, St- Stifler's in this film, right? Yeah, he sure yep. is. Stifler's in this film. Only adding to this is, a, this is an absolute teenage film. Uh-huh. So early the next morning, we see the class arriving at the airport. We see all the main characters we're going to see in this movie. We see Billy. We see Carter. Terry. Billy. Oh, Mrs. don't, Roman. don't, don't, don't. Everybody. I knew it was coming. And oh, Michael. Billy. Billy. Mm-hmm. Alex is handed a pamphlet that is told death is not the end. This fucking guy with that fucking hair. What the fuck is that Band-Aid on his nose? <laughs> Who can shit loiter- Who's loitering in the terminal? Why does he get to just pass around flyers? Is this well, because this is, is pre-9-11? This is pre-9-11. Could you just do that? Could you just go hang out in the airport? Oh, right. yeah, you could walk people Absolutely. up to that gate. Why because... are you not upset that this guy had a big acne band-aid, like, from the bottom of his nose up to, like, the <laughs> <laughs> his forehead? I'm upset that I have to pay $200 to a plane, for a plane ride to Pittsburgh just so I can go shop at the duty-free stop. Or stopping the duty free shop. It's a Seinfeld episode, and I'm mad about it now. It's uh, duty in the stop and shop. <laughs> okay. I I don't know what you guys are talking about, but that guy's mm-hmm. hair threw me off for the entire movie. And maybe that, he just liked Nelly, and that's why he had I'm, to bend it. I'm honestly <laughs> offended that none of you were offended by that. And now I hate you all. Stop kinkaving. I don't know. Man. That's fair. Is it? <laughs> While waiting to board the plane, his friend gives him a breakdown of the dangers of onboard pooping. So the two of them go into the bathroom to... uh, Holding hands. Hold hands and poop together. They're poop buddies. They're poop buddies. That guy was oddly passionate about shitting. Yeah. Right? I get it. Well, you don't don't want to be the reason why girls uh, smell poop on a plane. (laughs) That, That could ruin your whole career. Uh, while they're pooping, a John Denver song comes over the radio in the airport, which is kind of like a precursor to what's about to happen because uh, John Denver died in a plane crash in 97. And this was just like a couple of years before this movie came out. So it was 
a timely reference. Was it poor a taste. good reference? Yeah, but, a little poor, huh? Yeah. Poor taste of whoever picks, you know, the music playlist that plays in this airport. It was foreshadowing that the plane was going to crash. They couldn't play like a country music by Audie Murphy. Like Audie Murphy didn't die in a plane crash. Yes, he did. Okay, Audie Murphy. Like I said, Audie Murphy died in a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while they're boarding the plane, Alex stops and notices the incoming storm with lightning. He hears the cry of a baby and a special needs man. Uh, another passenger from the class says that it'd take a real fucked up God to take this plane down. And they're just hitting you over the head with that foreshadowing that something's about to happen. It was kind of <laughs> fucked seeing the, the the rest of the passengers. Uh, look, there's a baby. God would suck if the plane went down, right? <laughs> you know, because God doesn't kill babies. If we've learned never, anything. Never has. Uh, while he also notices a damaged wing and he gets asked to switch seats with Blake. So she can sit with her friend and he winds up sitting next to his best friend, Todd. And as he's playing with the the tray, the knob comes off his table. Uh, moments after getting airborne, turbulence starts and the plane shakes. The lights flicker and the oxygen masks fall. The plane begins to rip apart with people being sucked out the side. Then the plane bursts into flames and explodes. End of movie. Weird. Yeah, Dan, you said 19 I'll see you soon. I th- I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the part where Tiff said uh, they shouldn't have flown Spirit. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. That's pretty goddamn good. Yep, that's a good joke. Honestly, though, that's what it feels like to be on any one of those cheap budget lines. It's like, oh, cool. I don't have a, a tray in front of No, I'll just, I guess I'll just use my lap. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't have a seatbelt. Why am I sitting on the wing of the plane? <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. Can I have a cold water? Oh, hot coffee? Just thrown in your face. Oh, God. I don't even have anywhere to set it. I think, like, my, was it the Frontier or Spirit? My brother flew and they diverted him to, through three different cities coming back. And not even to the airport he was supposed to go to. <laughs> Oof. Yep. I've been there. Mm-hmm. So Alex wakes up. It was all a dream or a vision. And he's back in the plane. He's being asked again to change seats with Blake. He freaks out and says the plane's going to explode. He's removed from the plane. And a couple other students get shuffled out in the whole commotion. Uh, both the teachers come out with him. He says, it's all going to happen. The plane's going to explode. He saw it happen. Uh, Mrs. Lumen sends the other teacher back in the plane. And while Alex and Carter are fighting, the plane explodes in the background, blowing out all the airport windows. Yep. It happened. Yeah. Um, the f- I I do call shenanigans on the windows of the airport, yeah. like shattering. Yeah, hundred percent. This isn't like a nuclear bomb. This is not yeah, some no. sort of large <laughs> explosive. It's just a plane, dude. Don't the people on the plane in the vision they clapped for some reason, right? I, I think, think they, they clapped when so. they all got like pulled when Alex and everyone got like ejected from the plane. 
I don't know, something like that. But mm. I'm just saying. Oh, I don't get him out of here. We're trying to have an explosive time and go to Paris. <laughs> I'll say it now. Like, mom probably had something to do with the events of this all taking place. But this is also what happens when white people clap on airplanes. They all had it coming. <laughs> they deserved it. Yeah, same thing when they clap at the end of movies. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They can't hear you guys. You guys know that, right? The director and the actors, they can't hear you. The screen people do good job. I want them no <laughs> clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Who likes flying? Does anyone here like flying? Yeah, what's the it. deal with airline food? We get it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fine. I fly a lot, man. But like, I feel like this did to flight travel what Jaws did to like beach going back uh, in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fl- uh, flying on a plane was pretty safe in in two thousand. <laughs> Um, <laughs> for, for about eight and a half months, maybe about nine, you would say. And a couple days, I don't know, less yeah. than two weeks. <laughs> and and then flying became uh, the worst thing you could ever think of doing. Yeah, and it, and it never really fully recovered. No. Was it because of this movie? Like, it feels like some t- sometime I, around this point in I time, think, are you, something well, significant happened. Are you saying that 9-11 was caused because of uh, this movie? Is that what you're trying to go with? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how we know this is all pre-9-11 because the FBI questions everybody and they all go home and yep. not to some <laughs> black site prison and then never heard from again. And what was what was that agent's name? That was Officer Shrek. Agent Shrek. Yep. Uh, made me so happy. Well, he did start his interrogation by saying, somebody once told me to plant something. <laughs> 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 also, what's weird about him being called uh, Officer Shrek is that Shrek came out in 2001. Yeah, Shrek came out after this. So Shrek was his original <laughs> name? Uh, so yep. before Mike went to make a horrible joke, uh, this is where some of my trivia comes in. Um, so a lot of the characters in this movie, their names are based on like classic, uh, horror movie directors or, uh, I think, uh, monsters as well, or actors like, uh, <clears throat> Alex Browning is, uh, based or named after the director of the original Dracula, Todd Browning and Shrek is named after the actor Max Shrek, who starred in, uh, Nosferatu. Like a couple oh. of different ones from, oh. uh, and like Billy, uh, Sean William Scott's character, Billy Hitchcock, is reference to Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. All right. Good tribute. Good homage. So, 39 days later at the school, they have a memorial for the 39 lives lost during the crash. Alex has a confrontation with Carter about what happened. And Carter's like, You didn't save my life. I'm in control of my own life. And Billy just asks him if he's going to die, when he's going to die. He thinks that Alex is some kind of, like, genie or something where he can predict the future. But we can all agree Carter's a dick, right? Yeah. I mean, it's already it's already said by several people throughout the entire he's movie. A, it's just, he's ah, a dick, Carter, you dick. But he's such a pretty man. He's just, like, a very pretty man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, but he's such a pretty dick. Well, I mean, kind of. That was kind of what I'm saying. He's no, just yeah, a very no, pretty yeah. man. Like he's just like has like a nice face. It's just like wait. I, I suppose by extrapolation, 
You could you could get to there. Oh, you suck. The word was extrapolation. I did yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Heard it. Yep, that's that was a stretch. Yeah. Speaking of strap ons. <laughs> So uh, later that night, we see Todd. He's in his bathroom. His toilet starts to leak. The radio starts to play John Denver again. This is intercut with Alex. He's pouring over all kinds of crash re- crash research. Todd's taking laundry off a clothing line in the tub. And he slips, and the cord wraps around his neck, strangling him. After this, the water recedes back up into the toilet, wiping all the evidence that this was not a suicide. So here is my problem. And this it was the, the toilet oh. seat all along. <laughs> <laughs> but just the fact, this is the one time in any of these movies that this happens. And it's just like as if death is covering its tracks. For what? So and why? Well, you gotta be sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, and shoot, but it, just water on the floor wouldn't be like, wait, hold on, Johnson. There's water. Yeah, that's a leak. Here. This yeah, couldn't have been a suicide. There's water here. Also, yeah, were, were they the going bathroom. to were they going to fight death? Yeah, like it's. <laughs> like, Will they like, arrest why him? Is, why is death covering his tracks? Like they're not going to look at the water. Dear God, this boy was killed by death. I guess yeah, if what, there was about, water on the floor, you could say, "Oh, it was an accident. He slipped, and that's how this happened." Even though it's a ridiculous like way to slip and fall in a bathroom. He could have just slipped and like banged his head off the corner of a counter and died that way. But they wanted to had make to be it look extra. like a suicide yeah, because and, he was and, doing it because he was so grief stricken. Yeah, but I think I would let it go if something like this was shown in any other deaths in any either in the rest of this movie or in any of the other movies. This is the only one it happens with. Well, it was the first one, but then when, like after they shot it, they're like, oh, "That was too hard. Let's just." Never mind. Let's just make it easier. Death's not that smart. But now starts the theme also that the wind, anytime the wind is anywhere in the presence of these people, like, it, shit's going down. The wind is the true villain, I think. Mm-hmm. Not like in a natural disaster way, more more like a murderous MacGyver kind of way, but yeah. <laughs> wind and water. Is, so like those, wind and water, hella sinister. Like, like those wind turbines always killing all them birds. Yeah, what yeah. are they doing? They're making birds the frogs gay. <laughs> Killing the birds. Damn wind. Can't kill. You can't kill birds. Birds aren't real. That's a Everybody point. knows that. Yep, that's it. So Alex throws a magazine at his fan because an owl comes to the window. The scrap says the letters T-O-D, Todd, on it, because Todd has to be quirky and spell his name Todd with that's, one D. That's not just some owl. That was Hedwig. And we <laughs> missed the opportunity of a lifetime to have the greatest spinoff ever, Final <laughs> Destination and Harry Potter. What if he was dropping off his letter? <laughs> and then he threw a goddamn book at him. And also, that wasn't just any old book or magazine. Would you have some trivia? No, my man was about to beat it. Yeah, hold hold on, <laughs> hold on. Are, are we to really... Oh, my God, this made me so fucking mad. Are we to really believe that, like, this dude who's sitting right next to a computer in the year 2000 
wasn't about to just go on his computer and beat off. And he had to like pull out a hustler magazine. Well, it's possible port- like the image was still loading. Yeah, exactly. Born in 2000. It's 2000. Yeah. There's AOL. It's, there's and you're going to tell me it was still slow. How much time did it take to get to AOL? Let alone That's anything on exactly. AOL. Well, I'm sorry. You, you start but, off with the hustler. You move back to the computer as you're right, waiting for yeah. your image to load. You go back to the hustler. You got to go back and forth. You get to boobs.com with a Z. <laughs> By the way, that was the first ever porn site <laughs> I ever visited. <laughs> No, and you jerk off through the trauma, Alex. The you just fucking beat it till it's gone. No, y'all, Dan, y'all amateurs on it. Dan, y'all I don't trust your logic with that because even well after the year two thousand, I do remember times you were playing video games and someone made a phone call in your house and you were disconnected from the oh, mid jerk. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah, still go for it, man. And it was late at night. You you got to have that shit ready to go. You know that kid had LimeWire up. He had that stuff downloaded. He was ready because he had to get the newest Notorious B.I.G. album, but it really came up as like XXX, Big Black Cocks, uh, uh-huh. all over the place, and just saved well, the it's, video. It's Notorious B.I.G. Uh, dot EXE. Um, yeah, all the greatest songs were executable files. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody should have made basically executed your computer. Somebody should have made yes. an album called like Executable File and just made it. It would have been all viruses. Yeah, well, steal one, this album.exe. Yeah. When, the, 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 that's the other thing you do. You go to LimeWire, you download LimeWire Pro, and you're an elite hacker. LimeWire Pro. How bold is that of LimeWire to try to make people pay for Pro on a piracy <laughs> website? Uh-huh. <laughs> Does that make it like you're going legit? That's what like that you're uh, paying something. That's what Napster did, and everybody was like, "Really?" And nobody gave Napster money, and they shut down within like eight months. Why would you, you buy Lars a Ulrich. file? That's so stupid. Why would you buy a file? Now that's all we do. Yeah, stupid. So uh, Alex runs to Todd's house. He sees Todd being taken away in a body bag. He also sees Clear there. She was on the plane. When I first saw this movie, I thought her name was Claire. And then I was like, oh, it can't be that simple. She has to have some unique name to show she's not like other girls. Oh, I thought that was clear to everyone involved. I thought it was also clear that nobody loved her because she was left out in the rain in the beginning of the film after the plane crash. Even after you survive, you're like one of the seven survivors of a plane crash. Your mother never comes home to check on you. It was pretty clear that she was a uh, not like the other girls because you know she was welding in that one scene. Mm-hmm. She's so quirky. Yeah, because the next day, as Dan said, clears welding and talking about how the thing she welded reminds her of Alex because it looked like a big that. That head from like Family Double Dare with the nose that they reach up in, like that's uh-huh. what I thought it was. That's what the head looked like to me. <laughs> I thought it was Billy the Answer Head from Figure It Out. Yeah, same thing. They decide to go see Todd at the morgue because they want to make sure he's dead or died. Uh, but Tony, I don't think Todd, that was exactly it. But dead. Or died, <laughs> or dying, or deadly. 
See you later. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. At the morgue, we see Tony Todd, the better Todd of this movie. He's the mortician, and he tells them there's no escaping death. It's all part of death's design. They cheated death, and death's going to kill him. They're going to come back for him as they got off the plane. And then they decide after hearing this that they need to figure out how to get out of death mm-hmm. and how to cheat death again and figure out the design even though Tony Todd told him about eight different ways that you can't cheat death. So I want to jump in and say what his character's name is, because it's not said in the movie, but it's in like the credits. So his name is, his name is just one word. Bloodworth. Love it. Bloodworth. Bloodworth. Of course it is. Wasn't even for, even for coroners, Tony Todd is easily the creepiest fucking one. (laughs) Wasn't Bloodworth. B L U D. Mm. Wasn't Bloodworth the bad guy in Willy Wonka? That was Slug- Slugworth. Uh, same thing. <laughs> no, it's spelled differently and pronounced differently. With all that exposition, do coroners just belong to like some secret like death worship death worship cult? Like yeah, they know yeah, all the right. Like it kind of makes sense. Kind of like the uh, no, there's there's a Catholic Church joke there somewhere, but um, <laughs> I'm waiting for Mike to find it. No, no, I don't know why you automatically assume that I make the fucked up jokes. I was going to make a nice, wholesome joke how all morticians take spooky, mysterious mortician in mortician school. Are those words? I'm I'm trying so hard to be on board. When they go to mortician school, they take spooky, mysterious 101. It's not an elective. Mm -hmm. It's a required class. Before, you know, eye sewing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I'm pretty sure we can pull something out of our just our last recording <laughs> that can fight your argument of uh-huh. why do you think I just I'm gonna be the one that has the uh you know terrible joke. Oh, yeah. if it does not make the final cut, it doesn't exist. As far as anybody that <laughs> listens to past podcasts have knows, uh-huh. I've never made an off-color joke. Nope, never. Oh, only someone who had access to these files just released them into the world. Everyone was on vacation. <laughs> uh this this scene i i walked i won't say i walked away from i i had seen this a bunch of years ago and probably again a couple of years after that and um so i like i remembered a lot of this but i was uh making dinner and this scene popped up and i stopped because fucking tony todd showed up and i was like my dude this is actually a good scene this is good exposition this is awesome and then the rest of the movie i was like eh, i don't know <laughs> i miss tony it's just like the different levels of acting between like the, I guess they were actually kids at the time or close to, to being kids. I, I can't remember what age they were. Um, but yeah, they he showed up and I was like, oh, this is good now. All right. All right. And then he's gone. Never to be seen again. His voice is heard, though, in uh, the third Final Destination. <laughs> cool. Hmm. Yeah. Two movies later. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, James Wong directed that one. He skipped the second one, did the third one. And with the guy who did the second one, then uh, directed the fourth one. So they just took turns. Oh, okay. They staggered it. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Hey, I have a question. Real question for the group. Does death choose who can become like the vision bearer? Or what? I mean, I, I guess the prophet, however we describe them. 
Or like, are they able to access it at random? Is it just one person? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, I had, what are the I rules had this here? whole like warring beings kind of concept, where like one being gave him the ability to to see the like the death part, and then death was like, "I'm still coming to get you." And that that was that's what I had in my head. I don't know what the other being was. I guess, I guess life instead of death. I don't know. Oh, that's kind of a cool, like, it's, I mean, death is kind of like just playing chess with itself. He might as well make it interesting and let someone else mm. fucking see it. Uh, that's a cool take. Who else is good? has something for that? Chris, you uh, have something to say? So Jackie has a joke uh, about that, the way she looks at it, because most of the rest of this movie is kind of like the people that survived, like, somewhat escaping death for a short time. And she says she would love to see a version of this movie, but from death's point of view, and like oh. failing to get like kill these kids and it's like <laughs> like he's in like an office job and like they're coming knocking on his door just hey death you know uh getting really behind on those uh, souls you need to bring in uh i know there's just a couple of kids but uh you're really dragging behind here he's damn it bob <laughs> don't you think i know that <laughs> i'm trying i'm throwing signs at him you've missed your death quarter for the month well i had them but i lost seven yeah. at the last minute <laughs> Yeah, I they swear one on of these the kids. They were one of these, on the plane. <laughs> one of these kids, I fucking swear, Bob, I, sw- I fucking swear he knows what the fuck I'm doing. Why Everything is, I throw at these kids. Why does everybody have to be an offensive stereotype? <laughs> why is it offensive? To be this clear, I didn't have to be. I chose to be. This place, this movie takes place somewhere in, uh, in New, New York. York. Yeah. In Long Island. It takes place in Long Island, but at no point in this movie is anybody in overtly... We're getting festive. You're getting you're Long getting Island worked Island up, Saturday. Michael. Michael, Long you're getting Island. worked up. It's it's Long Island. You need to sit down. Your sugar's probably low, Babushka. I don't know why I threw Babushka <laughs> in, but I it's, liked it's it. Booby. It's booby. It's booby. Bobola. Mike, you can continue with the summary now. So all the remaining survivors end up at the same coffee shop. There it is. Yeah, yeah you're happy. <laughs> okay, they, they, you get one free one. <laughs> can uh, they get bagels? The rest I'll pay on the Patreon for. <laughs> uh, Alex sees a reflection of a bus in the window of the coffee shop. And then Terry says she's moving on. She's not going to let this control her life. And she's going to move on. And she's promptly hit by a bus as soon as she comes to this revelation. Wham. Felt good. Felt really good. Not for her. She was the most, like, redeemable character, though. She didn't. She wasn't, like, overtly rude to anybody. She was like, yeah, I I got off this plane. I'm not going to question how or why I survived. I'm going to live my life for the next eight yeah. seconds. <laughs> no, but she I was like dating it. the dickhead. Right. I wonder I, if it was because she could fix him. I gotta <laughs> fix him. No, I, I loved how she was. She made it all about her, though. Right before she she died, she was like, I'm I'm not going to sit here and listen to you guys in my perfect life. Get the fuck. And then. Gone. <laughs> yep. Definitely went to hell. Her last uh, few moments. Yeah. Uh, to. Jump on what Mike said about like she was like the redeeming character. I did read something like so, which I'm sure Mike was may may or may not about to mention this, but like right after that, like I'm sure anyone else knows that it's like an awkward forty seconds of just Alex and Clear, like you know, stirring up Alka Seltzer, and it's just silence. Like, did anyone else think that was off? Yeah, it was weird. I feel like that might have been a marketing plug. 
Uh, the per- well, the purpose of that was apparently when they first showed the movie to like te- test audiences, like it took a while for everyone to actually like calm down from just that all of a sudden surprise bus hit um, that people were just like losing their shit over. Oh, so you know, they added just like this extra forty seconds of just like let's just kind of bring it down a bit. That's Everyone fair. I, yes. I think if they jumped to the next scene, we would all been like, what the fuck? We're just going to move on? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're just moving on from this? No, it's good. It gave him time to digest. I feel like the bus hit is is really commonplace. Like I think the, the apple surprise. sensor gave him time to digest. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. Thank thank you. Thank you. You're right. You're so right, Mike. But no, like I I really think like the the, the crazy random bus hit is like, really kind of played out nowadays but back then i can imagine that fucked people up yeah i think it's a good contrast to uh todd's death too because todd's death was very drawn out and very graphic and you just see him struggling choked and his eyes bug out and you you're just with him the whole time and terry's death is just instant and just a jolt to you and she's just dead yeah, and with, like, his death, like, you kind of saw it ha- coming. Like, you kind of saw, like, death or whatever, like, slowly setting it up. So you knew it was coming. Right. How you had you no idea that all of a sudden she was just going to take a step back and bang. Because it didn't follow any of the rules either. There's no wind, water, or John Denver anywhere. And <laughs> it's the <boom. laughs> Well, the bus driver's listening to. to <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. So after this, we see Alex watching a newscast on the cause of the explosion, and it is now he figures out that the people that survived are dying in the order they would have died had they been on the plane. Because death is nothing but efficient and perfection. Uh, we see Mrs. Luton. She's packing because she's leaving town. She's going to get away from all this and get on with her life. And outside, Alex is, like, skulking around and just watching her. So she calls the FBI, who is investigating the crash. I don't know why she just wouldn't call the police, but they come and pick up Alex. And he tries to tell the FBI about the pattern and what's going on with death. And he's so convincing that one of the FBI agents actually kind of believes him. Would not happen. I don't see any federal agent just like, you know, I can believe this kid. Like, absolutely well, not. They would lock him up and throw away the key. Well, he's not going Dahmer, so. No, yeah. fair. <laughs> he said it, so he, he's not going to do it. He's definitely not going to, you know, kill some, kill some guys after seducing them and fuck their intestines. Definitely not going to do that. <laughs> was that Dahmer? I thought Dahmer killed yeah, mostly Dahmer. women. No, Dahmer was he was no, Dahmer gay. killed uh, only thinking, men. I'm thinking of Bundy. Yeah. That's my bad. So Mrs. Luton, she puts on a John Denver record, so we know she's about to die. That it's, means a bus is coming through funniest, that kitchen any second. <laughs> funniest fucking scene in the whole movie. God damn, I love this scene. Yeah, her death was like. A Rube Goldberg or Mousetrap style death. It was the most ridiculous yep. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the whole caused time by that... science, not by death. <laughs> she was drinking no, because she was drinking uh, like what was it, hot coffee, and then she poured that out and then or tea or whatever it was or vice versa. I might be mixed up, but she mixed hot and cold in that glass, and that's why it cracked. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. and 
Everybody knows when vodka hits a computer monitor, it explodes, especially when it's <laughs> off. Yeah. I I, I mean, they, they tried to tease you into a couple different types of death, though. They were like, all right, she turned the tea kettle on. It's going to explode. Nope. It's not going to explode. Don't yeah, worry. They, they, um, I, I was convinced that Michael Bay directed this entire scene. Uh, there were just so many explosions going on everywhere. Um. And then she makes tea, and then it explodes, and then she goes over to her monitor, and the vodka explodes. <laughs> That's really what and then they're like, all right. And then he runs away from the house, and he doesn't turn back and look, and it explodes, and he's so cool. <laughs> cool guys walk away from explosions. And then a bus hits him. And then the bus explodes. <laughs> and on that bus, Keanu Reeves. I can't believe it. So like you were saying, all these things happen to her. She's has a shard of glass in her throat. She's kind of bleeding out. She falls to the floor. She goes to reach a towel from the counter to try and like cover up her <laughs> wounds. And knives just come from the butcher's <laughs> block and stab her all over the place. But she's still but she's still alive. She's okay. She is still alive, but Death was trying to just make sure he was throwing every like it's my joke mentality. You throw everything you have at something. <laughs> One of them's going to stick and get the job done. It also reminded me of, do you remember the first Austin Powers movie with the one woman in the beginning? Like, she's shot a bunch of times. Why won't you die? And like, yeah, and like fall out the window and hit the ground. <laughs> she just looks up, just give it up, Powers. <laughs> wait, wait, but but Mike, how, how does it, how does she, how does she die? She dies because Alex comes into the room trying to, like, save the day and help her out. But he knocks over a chair, and the chair <laughs> falls on the knife that's in her chest. <laughs> and that's the, the death blow. <laughs> and then he picks up the bloody knife. It's like, yep. oh, my God, what can I do? Trying to help. He's like, oh, no, my fingerprints are all over oh, this God. knife. I'm just going to throw it the down. Knife back in her. <laughs> so I, I can't make it look like I took this out. So he puts the knife back. No. <laughs> but then all the vodka on the floor catches fire and the house is all on fire. So I was like, oh, I'm going to leave this crime scene and get out of this fire. So he runs out the house. House explodes. But Billy just happened. Sean William Scott's character just happens to be outside and riding his bike. Bling, bling. And uh, he sees hey, everything happen. At this point, was anybody else freaked out by Alex's reaction to seeing so many dead bodies? He's just like. He's never reacted to seeing a dead body like his best friend, Todd. He watched someone literally get crushed in front of him with a bus. Then he walked in and saw his teacher stabbed. His reaction to all these is just very numb. He's just like, huh, wow. Wonder what's going to happen next. (laughs) Wild. Really? Nobody else? Really? Okay. I mean, well, right, these people, people, I got it. they should have basically been dead anyway. So he's like, yeah, I saw all these people go explode, explode on the airplane. So when they went into the morgue, he's like, uh, is that, is that Todd? He just hold comes on, off as a total sociopath to me. Like, I'm, he just seems like he has no empathy for, for anyone. <laughs> That's fair. But Mike, you didn't say the uh, scientific word for uh, explode, explode. Is it, it boom? Just, no, it was just. <laughs> oh yeah, the plane went. It was in the report. It was in the it report. Was, it was in the report. Yep. 
So later we see Carter, Billy, and Clear. She's telling them that Alex knows which one of them is next. So after meeting up with Alex at Jones Beach, which is a very iconic place on Long Island, uh, she tells Alex of the uplifting story about her dad stopped for cigarettes at 7-Eleven. And uh, someone just shot him in the back of the head. And then his, the mom got shacked up with some guy who didn't want kids or didn't care about kids. So her mom skipped town with him and never came back. So Clearly, they didn't take a long time to write her background story. Nope. No, it, she's sad because she's got no family. She's not like other girls. Feel bad for her. <laughs> On the way to clear his father's cabin, which he has or had, because he got shot in the head at 7 <laughs> Eleven. Uh, this is intercutting the car, which I, I just thought a funny joke by Billy was like, I'm at least going to live to see the Jets win the Super Bowl. The Jets have been historically bad for years. And this movie came out in the year 2000. Jets have still not won a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was the most unbelievable thing in the whole movie. I, I was so excited when they <laughs> said that line. Like, he's like, no, Billy, you're not going to live forever. Yeah, I was like, Billy, you could live <laughs> a very, very long life and never have that dream fulfilled. Yeah. So Alex wants... Alex won't tell them who is next. So Carter starts to drive recklessly. And finally, he stops the car on a train track crossing. Oh, an oncoming train is coming. Uh, everybody gets out of the car except for him. He gives his, like, very, I am very badass moment. Where he's like, the train's about, like, right about to hit him a couple hundred yards. Where he's like, I'm not going to die now. But the car won't start. His seatbelt gets stuck. But Alex is able to free him in time, saving his life. I saw it at this point, back to, like, Jackie's joke of death. It's just like, here it comes, here it comes, gets out. Fuck. God damn it. Shit. Bob's not going to be happy about this. <laughs> God damn it. Calls his, his wife. He's like, I'm, I can't. I have to stay late at the office again. Yeah, you won't believe it. You won't fucking believe it. <laughs> he dodged the train. Yeah, I know. I, I know Michael's fucking football game is tonight. Yeah, don't you think <laughs> I fucking know that? Don't you think I want to be there? <laughs> You know what? I'm fucking teenagers. Then he's like, I'm going to just stop in a 7 Eleven and hope I get <laughs> shot. <laughs> so outside the car, a piece of shrapnel is kicked up by the train as it's continuing down the tracks and it decapitates Billy during his whole, You're next, you're next, I'm not going to die. By saving Carter, death skipped him and it went to who was next, which is Billy. And that's why Billy got killed immediately. And that's why Death is then calls his wife. I'm going to make it to the game. I got one of them. <laughs> that shit was pretty awesome. I, I don't think my favorite kill in the whole movie, but one of the most memorable for sure. Yeah, oh, because absolutely. of how bad those effects were. I didn't think they were that bad. I didn't think they were that really? bad <laughs> It was okay. fine. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you one thing. There's, there's a lot that came out of this scene, right? Uh, I, I mean, the, the kill, it all culminates in, in Billy's kill. But the car chase, well, not the car chase, like him speeding off just trying to cheat death or like make his own destiny. The music they play in that, well, I, I hate the music in this movie. It is so dated. 
It puts you right in they play, early 2000s. They have Nine Inch Nails. They That's play, like they play Into song. the Void. Yeah, they play one Nine Inch Nails song, and even then I was like, ah. But there's like this beautiful gray area between like the 90s and 2000 where it's still kind of like you can't tell it apart, and, and it's it's like right there. The music's the only thing that can date it, and I couldn't stand the music. But this is also the part where Clear, out of nowhere – just out of like, I, I guess because they have shared trauma, just decides that her and Alex are a thing. She starts calling him baby. Did she? I thought I heard her say baby, but it's like they didn't have any kind of relationship. This is around the first time that happens, right? Like this is after she's kind of given uh, Alex her background story. And, and then the, like the babies fly. She's just like, baby, no. This, uh, or this is around the part the first one comes out and it's completely out of left field. Me and my wife are like, what did, what did we miss? Hmm? Hmm? Do we need to rewind? I don't. I don't think. Hmm. I was speaking about babies. This is when Alice goes to the cabin and starts to baby-proof the house and death-proof the house, so death can't get to him. He's putting corks on all the nails and he's putting tape on, taping the lamps up to the wall. Anything that's going to save him from another like mousetrap-style death thing. He sees a new news article that the two of the girls who had died in the plane crash's parents are setting up a memorial in their honor. This causes him to remember that had he never switched seats with Blake in the beginning on the plane, it would not have been him that was next on death's list. It would have been clear. So everything that he's doing is in vain, even though like the fishing bag falls over, which knocks over the fishing pole, which hooks the door to the closet where all the knives are. Then the door opens, and the knife sticks through the door, and then the trap falls on the mouse. Chris, how funny is it? How, like, just personifying death. Like, <laughs> while Alex is in the cabin, and he puts, he's like, he's putting on the gloves to eat a can of tuna. I just picture death going like, God damn it, he's putting on gloves! <laughs> fuck! Fuck! <laughs> I can't do anything with these fucking kids. <laughs> yes, I know Diane's recitals tonight, honey, but I swear to God, I'm gonna kill this little shit. <laughs> okay, so he's he's got gloves on, but he's opening it. But uh, you know, maybe I can get him with botulism. Fuck it, let's get him with botulism, guys. <laughs> right. Maybe if he makes chicken later, he won't actually check it right, and maybe the salmonella will get him. I'll play the long game with this fucker. I don't care anymore. So we cut to Clear, who at her house is a storm going on. There's a lightning bolt, which downs a power line. And then the wind outside knocks over, I think it was a TV antenna, which pierces the pool, flood in the backyard with the live power line. Clear runs outside to save the dog. But then with all the water, she hops up on the side of the house. This is like the, another one of that's elaborate elaborate deaths which i mean he goes it goes back and forth between hit by a bus eight thousand hours of planning of death man hours to kill one person and then alex is trying to escape from the uh the cabin because the fbi is closing in on him he escapes in a canoe which is really funny 
And then as he's running through the woods, a tree falls on him. He almost drowns in a puddle, which was silly. <laughs> I liked that a lot. It was funny. Yeah, it was really good. It gave like a hokey cop chase feel. He runs to Clear's house, which I... The cabin was like within running and boating distance of the house. Most people that have like vacation homes aren't within like a short walk from it. I just thought that was just a random thing and a convenience to have him in a separate location. Uh, Cleo escapes out to the car, but gets trapped by a live wire. A fire starts around the car, and Alex grabs the wire so she can escape. There's an explosion. He's blasted backwards, but he survives. Somehow. Somehow. Everybody survives. This is probably the most unbelievable part of the entire movie. Not the fact that death has become personified as Tony Todd and that all these people are dying. And it's the fact that he grabbed a power line and then we are to believe that he survived that. I'm so sorry. It seems like the more effort death puts into his like... I'm going to get your plans, the, the less likely someone's to die. Like, how did he kill somebody? He killed somebody. But it's the first two people, the uh, Todd and the teacher. They both die complex. Then it's a bus and a piece of metal. So right now it's 50-50. Yep. The number one way to kill someone, this movie will prove, is play John Denver on a windy day in front of a puddle. And you're guaranteed to die. (laughs) Uh, So six months later, we see Alex, Clear, and Carter getting off a plane. They finally made it to Paris, and apparently they're all, like, best friends now, even though Carter hated Alex. They're sitting in a cafe remembering the friends they lost, and they're celebrating that they beat death. But Alex can knock it over in his head while he was skipped if nobody intervened, because... The rules change that you can't just have death skip you because it didn't work. Somebody has to actively have it skip you. Alex starts to have visions and leaves and says he's going to go back to the hotel. Clear sees a reflection of a bus in the window, just like Alex had with Terry in the coffee shop. She calls out to him. And he narrowly avoids being hit by a bus. And this causes another chain of events, the Rube Goldberg style, that that almost crushes Alex with a giant sign. But Carter pushes him out of the way, saving him. And as the, the sign swings back, it kills Carter, presumably, as we hit the credits. That was a, uh, like I said, what a Rube Goldberg fucking movie it was it was something yeah. uh let's go ahead and swing over to special effects and cinematography because that's what this movie is it's all special effects it's all just how are we gonna kill these dastardly fucking teenagers so uh i i i think for 2000s and for like the, the acting was like whatever it was fine it, it wasn't anything um it wasn't anything good. It was. I. I think I was actually. I would probably err on the side of it. it was. It was getting close to bad. 
at times. Um, but the the way they set up these deaths and you're, they were pretty creative, and the actual special effects used for them seemed pretty good. I don't think anything really felt very out of place. I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought it was decently solid, but yeah, I do agree. The acting had its had its moments of being decent, but there were times where it was not good. Um, but yeah, I thought the effects were pretty solid. And it, it, I mean, it didn't change the movie very much. I mean, the the quality of the acting because it's it's essentially we're taking the last girl concept, um, we're just taking it out of a slasher movie and putting it into something that was kind of altogether new. It was sort of a new take. It was a fresh take, and so so yeah. So th- there were weak points, sure, but I, I think this movie did something that had never been done before, and it was pretty yeah, neat. Hundred percent, and it, it spawned like a whole genre of film. So like, I, I got to give it credit where credit's due, you know. But there was definitely a lot of like very cheesy and corny dialogue. It was like, yeah, people don't talk like this. But it was the teens, and it was just that's how these movies were written. So it's forgivable. Yeah, and I, I mean, even though there might have been some some other movies out there that, that copied the style of this film, I, I really honestly don't think that anything matched up with the, uh, the renown that this movie had. Like, there, there wasn't. There's not a time in my life that from when this movie came out to now that like something if something weird happens someone and someone dies from it, you definitely get the oh man, that's like final destination. Like there's no other question. You're not gonna be like, oh, it's like it's like Johnny's Revenge. No, what the fuck is Johnny's Revenge? It's not a movie, it's Final Destination. Right. Right. And yeah, it's just, yeah, when people talk about like this movie, they don't say, Oh, can you believe what so and so said to so and so? I mean, that's not believable. You just talk about Oh, do you remember when the guy got like hit by a piece of metal from the train? Absolutely. Or the yeah. sign at the end, or just the plane explosion itself? That's a pretty iconic scene. Yes. Where, from from your memories, just just straight up, do you guys have a specific? It doesn't have to be just this film, but the, do you have a specific moment in the Final Destination series or whatever that that always pops up when you hear the the phrase "Final Destination"? What is that death? What do you see? Oh, the, the highway. highway. Yeah, the highway. The highway, with the uh, with the logs, with the logs, logs. yeah, hundred percent. I they, mm-hmm. that is ing- it's burned into my memory. Absolutely. It's a, every yeah. time I'm behind a truck on the highway, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna just move over to <laughs> left lane. Yeah, no, this movie changed. You you can say a lot about a lot of a lot of movies that makes a certain movie iconic, but this movie is iconic because it literally changed the way people thought. It changed the way people thought about flying. Back then, um, okay. like a, a, like a lot of different things, like a lot of the deaths, and you know they were a little crazy, but people might have stood a little further back from train tracks after that. Um, this movie really did start a cultural phenomenon of nope, fuck that. That's the title of the cultural phenomenon that it started. It's just nope. <laughs> that's that's a good point, and it's I feel like. I feel like you do. You are a little more cautious around some of these things that you see, and I th- honestly, I, I would be hard pressed to say. Besides um, some other event that definitely didn't happen a couple months later that when this movie came out, um, but I, I think the changes in some airlines, I, I, w- I would be surprised if like quality standards weren't upped due to the fact that this film started out with, oh well, you know, the, the kids stupid seat back thing didn't work and the seatbelt really wasn't functioning and like all these other little pieces i feel like some somehow right. this movie like added into that so I, I don't know i'd have to look into that that's that's a good point though hmm. um 
Yeah. Uh, I like I said, I think that that's it for the for most of it. The soundtrack, like you said, just that they they bought like the entire anthology of uh, John Denver, and they're like, "How do we use this?" Oh, it's just like, that one song though, the oh. Rocky Mountain Way song. Right. So they bought that song and they were like, that's all that that's the budget for music. We're done. It sounds like <laughs> you guys have been hating on John Denver. And that song's a banger. I like John Denver. I like that one song with John Denver. <laughs> well, uh, unless you guys have anything else to add in that regards, I do want to see spook time. Dan, what what is your spook meter this week? So bringing us back to the ridiculousness of Alex grabbing that power line. Um, fun fact for everybody out there that I learned while I was in electrical school. Um, most houses uh, have between 100 and 200 amps that uh, run to them, along with the voltage, of course. But amps are actually what kill you. Volts don't kill you. You could get 10,000 volts and it won't kill you. Um, so uh, we we could say that Alex got about anywhere between 100 and 200 amps flowing through him. What is it? I believe it's 100 to 200 milliamps are enough to kill someone. And um, just to measure it out for you, one amp is equal to 1,000 milliamps. So zero to 200 amps, how many amps would you guys take for this? Uh, let's see. I, I'm going to transport myself back to the, the heyday of this. I think we have to do that with some of these films is like, just transport ourselves back to the day that it came out. I think like we said, uh, beforehand, it, it, it did something to a lot of people and to most of us. I mean, we might've been a little malleable as teenagers or whatever age we were young, well, not even teenagers at that point. But, uh, I would say I would give it, uh, I'd give it a good, 120 for spooky uh for amps and i would give it overall for a movie a little bit higher than that maybe like 130 it, it's not going to go any much higher than that for me it was it was a good movie i enjoyed rewatching it it's been a long time uh and it is kind of i, I don't know if this is a genre but it, it is genre defining in that sense and it did a lot of stuff to a lot of people so um that's it for me 130 Cultural phenomenon. We said it, and it really does kind of sum it up. Things changed after this movie. And for the next, I think, like four or five years, you could bet every single year there was going to be a new Final Destination. Uh, it sparked a huge movement, um, and it's a great series. But it's cheap thrills, right? Cheap thrills because there's no story. You don't need it, right? Because it takes the last girl concept, and it just takes it a little further right? Because it's not one singular thing. It's like this all in this all powerful, all capable being death is is going to kill you, right? So like, it it writes itself, it really does. It's just how, how do we apply this to some regular mundane situation and nothing sinicized mundane tasks better than this movie? Nothing, you can't, you can't name a single thing. So um, this movie is great out of 200 amps uh, for spooky uh, putting myself back in that back in that seat in in 2000 because uh, I remember the first time I watched this this shit is terrifying um, so I'm gonna try to stay in, in that frame of mind because it holds up well to d- today's standards 
Uh, so I'll go about 130 for spooky and I'll go 140 for overall. Uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. I enjoyed it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but I think the, the first time I saw it, I was, that was probably like maybe just a, a couple years after this. Um, pretty sure I watched it with my cousin, which is usually how I was, uh, forced into watching horror movies because he always wanted to watch something scary and I was just the crying little child in the corner that got forced to watch it. Um, I remember the first time I saw it as uh, when I was younger, I hated it. was not a fan just because I, it's terrified me. Um, but watching it now, a little less terrified. Some points, some things still get me a little bit, but I mostly just kind of laugh at the absurd, uh, absurdity of a lot of the kills especially with the teacher and just the ridiculousness of that where it just seems like death is just like trying everything he can to murder her. Um, but no, it's fun. Um, like I said before, the acting had its moments, but also had a lot of moments where it just was very dull and dry. Um, I thought the effects were solid and even just saying Tony Todd for a half a second and basically just personifying death was enough to get extra points from me um in a spoopy wise i'd give it like a a, a hundred amps and overall i'm gonna go i'll go 160 160 amps overall i'm pretty much in line with you this did change the way people think as you guys said uh just the complexity of all the kills and like just the overall tension that death was after you this whole time, and you have to like watch what you're doing at all times and be aware of your surroundings. On the spoopy scale, I would give it about 140. Overall, as a movie, same 140. It's a solid movie. It's not gonna it's not gonna blaze any new ground for horror movies, but it's also not gonna be a bad movie, and it's easy to enjoy by pretty much anybody. Uh, it's a shame Devin Sawa never really did anything after this movie. When I think of him, the only two things I think about are this movie and the Stan music video. But definitely check this out if you haven't seen it. And the sequels are hold up too, but this one's probably my favorite out of the whole series. Yeah, it's a it's a classic. Um I think some of the some of the special effects don't hold up very well. Um, little cringy at times, but it's um, it's definitely a classic in its in its own right. Um, I I would say spoopy wise, it's like a hundred and fifty um, amps. I, I think a lot of the scares still hold up. Maybe maybe even higher. Um, I, I think you still think about it at times. I was just on a plane, and I'd be lying if I wasn't like man found destination uh, and i'd be lying if every time i'm behind a truck that's carrying logs like i'm not thinking man found destination so uh or a roller coaster or whatever so i i think it's pretty high on this movie um uh, overall as a movie it's lower i'd probably say like 120 um it's a fun movie is it a great movie no it's but it's a fun movie and and i i enjoyed watching it as someone who watched it so many times as a child so very nice very cool so i think 
with that, I will go ahead and lead us towards the end of this, unless you guys have any other sort of Rube Goldberg-y kind of uh, segues. But I think we had fun with this movie. I think if you haven't watched it, uh, please do. It's of its time, but it still works really well. I thought it was still fun. I want to go ahead and thank our uh, editor, Travis Kaiser. Uh, you see his info inside of our podcast description. He's a great guy. Uh, I also want to thank our uh, music creator, which is Andrew Cavanaugh, um, both intro and outro. And I want to go ahead and thank Connor McLeod for our artwork, because without it, you wouldn't see our faces, or not even our face, but our little uh, little screen or whatever. So thank you all. Check out the descriptions of the podcast. Say hi to us on all the social medias. And uh, Chris, how are you going to get away from death? What are you going to tell them? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. No, you say I'll see you soon. No, see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>